Welcome to the Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. It's been a wild freedom most of my listeners, you are devouring these episodes, fascinated by the women's stories and wondering if you could do this too. Do you wish that you had a step-by-step strategy for how to actually plan and manifest your free birth? Our complete guide to free birth is the number one course for free birth, and we made it for women just like you. It's a self-guided online intensive course that will teach you everything we think you need to know about how to birth freely and in your power. We'll take you all the way from unpacking industrial care to what DIY prenatal care looks like, how to pick and prep your support team, what to expect, look out for, and how to shift when more support could be needed. Yes, we'll cover the what-ifs, how to prevent complications, and how to orient your entire life towards a powerful birth. So head on over to freebirthsocietycourses.com now and take the first step towards the birth of your dreams. This week on the show, we have Sasha who tells us the story of how she paved the way for the rest of her lineage, how she learned to trust herself and checked herself out of the hospital in labor to have her baby at home. We discuss figuring out breastfeeding, the difficulties that can arise in those early postpartum weeks, and how birthing in power has the ability to end cycles of generational trauma and set a new precedent for all of our sons and daughters. started I mean honestly I've always been the type of like in my family I've always been the one who was just a little off like you always are just doing something that no one in this family does uh-huh. so, I always knew I wasn't going to give birth in a hospital but I always thought it was going to be with a like a midwife or a girl so I was like okay like I know I'm not going to be in the hospital but once I I started following Earth Mama Medicine. I you know her as Valeria. Yeah. So I followed her like three um about three years ago. I was looking for I was on my health journey like as a vegan, and I was like oh, I wish I could just find like a, a black woman who was doing the same thing as me, so I could like connect a little more. And I go on my YouTube one day, and like she's on my recommended, and I'm like fall in love with her whole like everything and I'm just like this is what I was asking for so I follow her up until uh today honestly so 
um, she and Matt go through their process of uh, their birth and they hadn't said that it was a free birth. I just knew it was gonna be a home birth at least. And when they speak about it in one of their like question and answer videos, they said they recommended your guys' podcast and um, your the course. So I was like, oh, wow, okay, like that sounds dope. Watching her video of like at her birth at home, and I was just like, this looks so intimate and like loving. And I was just like, this is what I need to do. And once I seen that, I wasn't even pregnant. Like it was just, it was probably two months before I knew I was going to be pregnant so I was like oh this is crazy how that came in like I was already mm-hmm. listening to all your stories and then or all the other women's stories and then I ended up finding out I was pregnant and I was like well this is what I'm doing so I need to buy a course nice. so my mom gifts me the course Aww. and I was able to go through it I'm over here like listening to everything getting all the info I need that's and, so supportive of your mom. Yeah, you know, she wasn't, it wasn't something she would do, but she was <laughs> like, well, if you're going to do it, because I know right. you want to do it, at least know everything you need to know. Totally. And um, when I found out I was pregnant, my boyfriend, super ecstatic, he, he's never been one for like hospitals and doctors either. So it was kind of like a, okay, like, I know we're not going to be in the hospital, but he believed we were going to get like a midwife or a doula or something because mm-hmm. he, he's a first time parent too. So he's like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, as far as he's known, he had his nephew and they were born, he was born in a hospital. So he just knew that setting and that was a little more comforting, I want to say. So it was a little tug and pull with the um, idea of a free birth. Because sure it as it normally would it's going to bring up some feelings of fear you know I started to trust the situation a little more and I've always been into birth I've always loved watching birth videos and learning about birth and just it was just so so fascinating to me so I was already kind of well versed in like the what could happen and how to do certain things like this for birth and all this so I kind of knew a lot more than he did so I was a little more confident than Mm -hmm. he was and I definitely would say that he yeah it was just a little more fearful so when the idea of free birth came he just wasn't completely on board but I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I'm like, oh yeah, like as long as you're, as long as you can trust me, my body, and our yeah. baby, that's what really matters. Mm-hmm. And just from past, I feel like experiences, it was a little harder for him to be like, oh yeah, I can just fully trust you with that and like let go of control. Mm. So that's where like the the problems came because it's just like, I just if you don't want to learn it like you can look up these things if you don't want to learn it and I'm the one learning it like you have to trust me so but what happened did you guys I, ever get there like right before I feel like 
giving birth. I really wow. got there, but it was like the whole time it was kind of I feel like it was probably like very traumatic for both of us like he's just like okay I don't fully trust the process but I kind of have to because you're going to do it anyway so it's kind of like forcing him into it and then me it's like this is something that I have to do like I cannot do it with someone I couldn't even looking back on it I could not imagine me having a midwife or a doula there with me like it was so raw and vulnerable like intimate like I could not have had someone with me and I thought that's something that I wanted oh my mom or or your mom or our sisters no never I could not have had that like that would have been the most not even saying it's like embarrassing but it's just like it's not something a state that I want anyone to see me in like I'm glad I didn't even record it because I thought I was going to want to record it and look back on it yay so look at you being born no yuck I don't want you to see that. <laughs> don't look at me like that. No. Oh my God. That's so funny. It, totally. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It's okay. raunchy in there. So, but he was there, but he was there every step of the way. Just, there we go. You know, like trying to do as much as he could. And even when I was just like, please stop asking me questions. Totally. I can't focus, but he was there. So I'm that's so, all that matters. I'm so impressed with your you're just commitment, you know, like even it's so hard when the partner doesn't get it or doesn't support it or doesn't trust it. And that's awesome that he came around and was really able to hold that space for you. But yeah. like so many women use the partner's discomfort. How do I say this? They, they, they center their partner's comfort and, and desires and wants and all of that mm-hmm. so much more than they center themselves. And I'm just very impressed that you didn't, you know, because you it, knew. it was pretty hard because, you know, I, I went, we had like really tough, like conversations because he felt as if I was being selfish and I was the only one who thought like this birth mattered. And I was like, I'm not trying to be selfish. I'm not trying to like say F you and your feelings, but I just know that this is the birth that like I yearn for. Like, this is like, this is the birth that my baby is saying. Like, I don't even feel comfortable when I'm walking in the hospital as a pregnant woman because I did get a little bit of prenatal care like in the first or maybe like the second trimester if it was like three appointments. But um, it's just like, I I knew that's not where I was supposed to be. And we- didn't have a just buku amount of money to pay for a midwife or an, an doula, And, you know, I wouldn't want to shortchange anyone because I feel like their work is definitely worth paying for. It's just not something I was able to afford. So mm-hmm. the cheap way and do it ourselves, you know, at the house, boom, no medical bills. We're good. So, totally. so how, how did that go in your pregnancy? You said you did a couple of prenatal visits. Like, what was that about? Was there certain things you wanted or was it like just seeing what was out there? Tell me more about your pregnancy. Um. Okay, so when we found out, it was more so just going to like confirm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew, he knew. He knew before we even took the pregnancy test. Like he, he already had names in his notes because he oh thought, he was like, I think she was pregnant. 
and he showed me after like you know we had already found out but I knew he knew and we took the test and it confirmed so it was just like okay that's that but I guess just to do what every first parent does I don't know I didn't really it didn't matter really but it was it was cool to hear the heartbeat um but the all I could think about was oh my god radiation oh my god totally so what happens after you do a couple of them and tell me about that point where you're like I'm good it was when so she had like a soft marker for down syndrome they said and I was just like okay what one I was like why would you tell a mom that if there's (laughs) no so there's nothing I can do about it so now oh oh, of course there is you can do this test and then this test and then this test and then weekly visits and weekly ultrasounds and you can employ the fetal heart medicine doctors and the did it I mean it's to tell the mother and get her to be that worried pays so many people's salaries yeah I didn't even think about it like that but that's so true and I was just like why would you tell a mom who is creating this child you're instilling all this anxiety and fear because that's all I was looking up I'm looking up like oh my god like does her ultrasound look like she has like down syndrome like what does it because Sasha if if you're afraid if you are in fear they can control you Mm-hmm. right like if you're afraid and if you feel doubtful of the of the creature you're growing yeah they can get you to do anything anything and it was I would always have to center myself and be like no matter what the baby is fine you're not saying anything's wrong with the baby it's it's just a soft marker so I was just like okay the baby comes out with down syndrome then the baby comes out with down syndrome regardless I'm still having this baby at home so it doesn't really matter so I was just like okay yeah I had did they had had me come in for like one last test I think I was like 26 weeks because luckily with COVID like my I only had about three maybe four appointments and they were so far out that like okay it wasn't even I wasn't getting that okay come in two weeks come mm-hmm. next month it was just like so spaced out so I was happy about that that I didn't have to go so often but the last one that I went to was like this ultrasound they kept they were like we didn't get a good x-ray blah 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 and I was like uh I don't but it was hard for me because I still couldn't get my voice of saying like I don't want to do this ultrasound and I feel like y'all are doing it too long like are we done like mm. he would be like oh she's just moving around and at the time we didn't know the gender but now knowing um she's moving around that's a, a a clever one or whatever and I was just like she doesn't want it that's why Ugh. so I was just like oh my god like I was just like saying I'm like I'm so sorry I'm trying to get out I'm trying and that was like feeling so bad and I was like I'm never going back and I never went back after then because I was like they're for sure not finishing me in my third trimester try to say something crazy oh you have too much amniotic fluid we gotta get the baby out now and I was like, no, I'm not going to have anything like that happen. So I never went back. 
And that was pretty much all of my prenatal care. My doctor kept telling me to get the flu shot. And I was like, you know, that's not really with my practices, even without a baby. So it's for sure not going to be something I do. So weird. Oh my God. So did they ever like harass you about not coming back? No, thankfully not. (laughs) Thank God. Thankfully not. Like you, did you ever even hear from them again? Um, maybe like once in my third trimester, they called and honestly with COVID, they were doing like video chat, uh, video chat appointments. And I'm like, okay, what is that? That's nothing. Nothing. Yeah, no, you can cancel it. I'm fine. And that was that. So for the prenatal, um, it was pretty good. I was really chilling. I know at the end, she really started to get really heavy like I'm a small girl I'm only like 111 so she I got up to 140 in my pregnancy and it was all belly like yeah and I was just like okay um yeah she's weighing real heavy on my on my pelvis here so um I couldn't really walk towards the end of my pregnancy and I live on the third floor of my apartment that was the worst Um, hard yeah it was such because I would be like I want to go outside and get some air get some sunlight but it's like I gotta do all this work to walk downstairs not happening so did not happen most you just like stick your head out the window (laughs) and I didn't even get like I don't even have direct sunlight in my apartment so I'm like oh great like I'm just feeling hot air totally Mm. Sucks. Yes. Yeah, so um it comes on the Libra full moon and um I wake up and it's about 3 a.m. and I wake up to like a rush and I'm like, hmm, okay. Back to sleep. Wake up again and I'm like, oh. That typically doesn't happen because what they call the Braxton Hicks, whatever, that those would come, but it would feel like little period cramps. And I'd just be like, okay, just sit down. Totally. And oh, do you know what oh. gestational age you're at with the baby at this point? Yes. Yeah, so I was 40 weeks and two, three days, 40 weeks and two or three days. It was one of those. And what was your mental or spiritual like space heading heading into birth knowing you were free birthing it sounds like you and your partner were like all good by then Mm -hmm. how was it um for my my mind state it was pretty clear and pretty like I just knew that this is what I needed to do so I was really focused on like okay just listen to your body and like just go with the flow like that's what I was just trying to do just not try to control it myself you know and really believe what I'm saying and like what I'm trying to practice Mm -hmm. so just following that really kind of kept me grounded in it um but yeah so they start and it was probably about 15 minutes or I can't remember really the time I want to say it woke me back up because I tried to go to sleep but I didn't really look at the time when I woke back up but I know like they didn't stop my partner he was like on his toes like we were just sleeping on the couch and um he woke up as soon as I woke up like is everything okay and I was like yeah everything's fine if it if it is starting I need you to go to sleep because you have to be rested 
because I'm not going to be rested. So you go back to sleep. So he goes to sleep and I just watch a, a little interviews about like an hour and a half and they're still going, but they're very like uh, far and in between. So I'm just, okay, just chilling through it. And then I finally was able to go to sleep about 530. So I go back to sleep. I wake up, I want to say 730 or eight and they're still going. So I'm like, okay, yeah, this is over. Like we're in it now. So it's the beginning of it. And I'm just literally, when I wake up, I set everything up. So I get some towels because I felt like I was going to give birth in our living room because that's where I was majority of my pregnancy. Like that's where I felt comfortable. So I was like, okay, I think it's going to be in the living room. And uh, so we set up like these towels and everything, just preparing for whatever and going throughout the day they're getting a little more intense but nothing too crazy nothing that wasn't um, able to handle and I want to say we come out I took maybe like a little nap and then later that night my partner comes out from the office and he's just like trying to watch this movie I think it was like Sonic and we're trying to watch a movie like okay let's just chill who knows because I we were prepared for like okay it could be three days it could be a week who knows so let's just like literally chill um my friend had brought over food so we didn't have to like cook or anything and I want to say it was 11 we're trying to watch the movie and like the rushes got so intense that he was just like okay yeah let's turn off the movie because you can't even watch it so we turn off the movie about like 11 12 I think it was 11 and I'm just like okay like I'm really breathing trying to get through it and they were intense and I was like this isn't even like active labor like oh my god it's gonna get even more so he's like can I do anything do you need anything and I'm just like no just just give me some water, please. And I'm just sitting, sitting through it. And they started to get longer. They were about like two minutes, a minute and a half. So it was just like, oh my gosh, try not to get the the memories back. But um, (laughs) they were really intense. So I'm like, oh yeah, you're starting to go back to right. I'm like, oh my god. I can feel it. So (laughs) my guess is that you didn't have a very long birth then. If it was how long was your birth? It was 27 hours. So yeah. Yeah, it was it was about a day and three hours. So Mm -hmm. we're getting there. And I'm like trying at the time I'm I'm actually like working on a puzzle. So like in between the rushes, like I would just be like, oh, there's that piece. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. It was just I never finished the puzzle, by the way. Of course. After the birth, I was like, yeah, put this puzzle back up. I'm over this. So I'm doing that and I'm like, okay, like maybe trying to find new positions to be a little more comfortable in the rushes, but I had tried standing up and it was like, whoa, no, sit back down. So sat back down and then I'm like, okay, maybe I could try to like dance with it, like flow with it. No, that was even worse. Go ahead and sit back down. What are you trying to do? Because like, (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, I'm in pain. Like it was terrible. So 
What's it called? Once they really started to pick up, though, I was like, oh, I want to light a white candle. So then, like, you know, I can have her know, like, this is where you're coming, like, kind of hmm. symbolizing. Yeah. This is where it, it kind of felt like it was her with us. So I was just like, yeah, like, light the candle. And also, I was telling, like, my mom and my sister and a close friend, I was like, you know, if you guys want to light the candle so you can spiritually be here too get a white candle and you can light it and just send me like positive energy and good energy and everything so I had did that as well and I had so I was going through the rushes and they were getting pretty intense so I my partner suggests like do you want to get in the tub do you want to try that so we fill up the tub I get in I bring the candle in there and just turn off the lights so it's like a nice like orange glow and I'm just like sitting in there and they made it, it, the water made it a little better, but I feel like it didn't do too much, honestly. So yeah. I was like, okay, um, throughout the time in the, in the tub though, I was kind of like, I wouldn't say blacking out, but like, I was like gone. So I would mm -hmm. remember that. I would, yeah. Like I remember, okay. As soon as the rush came, like, oh, I'm, I'm back into my body. Totally. And then like, as soon as it was done, gone somewhere else. And like mm -hmm. that happened, that kept happening. I'm like, what time is it? Like, where am I at? Like, it was crazy looking back on it. But then I'm, after a while, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get out this tub. Like this is doing nothing for me. She's not coming yet. So I get out the tub and I just get in the towel and I just lay on my bed and I'm just, and he's like laying on the floor on the carpet because he's like super tired. So I'm like, okay, like I'm trying to see if I'm even progressing. Cause at that time, at that moment, I got a little doubtful and I was like, um, and my partner's like, do you want to go to the hospital? Cause you kind of like you're in pain and you kind of don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to really like assist. Mm -hmm. So he's like, do you want to go to the hospital? And I'm like, Effort, like of course I'm like no I wouldn't want to go and then it starts to set in and I'm like do I want to go and I text my friend Tiffany because she had just had a baby and um I'm like do you know how to check your cervix I don't know how to check my cervix and I'm like wiki how to check how to check your <laughs> cervix and I'm like I've, I've, I didn't know what I was looking for. So I'm like, I don't think anything is dilated. Oh my God, I've been going through this pain. Nothing's dilated. So I'm like, okay, I think I should probably go to the hospital because I was feeling such intense, like, oh my God, this baby's gotta be, it's gotta be close. No. And when I, obviously I wasn't cert, like checking correctly. And now knowing the cervix tells you nothing regardless of if you know how to check it or not you know it doesn't really matter so um I'm like okay like let's just get ready let's go to the hospital so I'm in Ontario so it's like one 15 minutes away from me and I'm going we get down the stairs those three flights get into the car and I'm just like most uncomfortable place to ever be oh my god never in my life would I do that again so we're driving we're trying to get to the hospital I called them let them know I'm coming and then we get there 
and it's like a super dead night like nobody's even in there and I get in they check they check me in I lay down and she puts like the Doppler on me and I'm like do you have to do this like I don't want I really don't want it and she's like oh, it's just to check to see how far apart your contractions are and um and the baby's heartbeat and I was just like uh okay so she tells me that I am my contractions are two to three minutes apart I already knew that though so she checks my cervix and I was like are you gonna sweep the membranes because I don't want you to do that and she's like oh no I'm not gonna do that I'm just checking the cervix so she uh tells me that I'm five centimeters dilated and that I'm in active labor and I'm like and she's like do you have a birth plan and I was like um I just know that I want I don't want an epidural and I want my baby's placenta to stay attached I want to do a lotus birth and she's like oh you're gonna have to ask the physician about that and I was like why would I need to ask the physician about anything it's happening regardless and I literally don't know one woman who's ever gotten a lotus birth in the hospital yeah and I'm like why why not what are you guys doing with it so they sell that shit yeah I'm like who knows what it's in at this point and I don't know some iron pill in Mm -hmm. sprouts but um (laughs) oh who knows but I literally have I tell her that and she goes and gets the position or actually no I tell her first I'm like uh can I go home because like I just have to sign a paper, right? And she's like, um, okay, uh, let me get the physician. So the physician comes in and it's me and my partner in the in the room. And she's like, so you want to go home? Um, do you guys know, like, have you ever delivered a baby? And I'm like, no, but I want to be at home. Like I feel comfortable at home. And I'm trying to stay on like, you know, stay respectful towards her just because I've heard of the stories of like totally. CPS being called and oh, yeah. negligence and all these type of things. So I'm just like, I understand your concern. I just feel more comfortable at home and I would rather go home. So can I sign these papers? And I feel like she was stalling. She just kept asking and she's looking at my partner. Do you know how to deliver a baby? And he's like, what a no. stupid question. <laughs> I'm like, um, the baby's going to come out regardless if anyone knows how to deliver it. Yeah, so. they, they asked me that too. I don't know if you ever heard my birth story, but I yeah. went to the hospital for an exam and then came home. And same thing when I said I was going home, she was like, but have you ever caught a baby before? I'm like, that's not the concern here. Right. A weird thing to harp on. She's like, what will you do? <laughs> like, like, you know, women okay. birth at home. Like, I right. know, you know, that women birth at home. Anyway. oh ridiculous I can't mm-hmm. believe it so yes and so she looks at him and he's like no but I'm I'm not gonna just like let anything bad happen so I got her she's good she's saying she wants to go home so can you get the paper so she can go home so the point where you decided you wanted to go home was just kind of like you realize well, you're fine and you're looking around and you're like this is gonna suck yeah and at okay what the point was I forgot she had I had asked for water because on the way to 
the hospital like I got extremely dehydrated somehow so I was just like mouth dry and I'm like can I have some water she's like oh you're in active labor we don't give water I was like peace the fuck out (laughs) I was like I can't my my boyfriend looked so crazy he was like what (sighs) and I was like yeah it's time to go I was like no um can I go home because I mean this is yeah and this is why these stories are so important for who knows who's going to hear the story out there on this podcast and most women obviously don't know what goes on in the hospital when you're in labor and they don't know how how infantilizing it is and and how dehumanizing and that they literally don't let you do basic human rights it's insane I was like okay I've heard of food not being available like you can't have food but water like y'all can't even give me an ice chip damn well, and also what they don't, what most, most people are not honest about is they're preparing you for surgery. You know, you have such a high likelihood of surgery now in obstetrics that they are, they are evaluating and treating the woman's body because it is a likely surgical candidate. Mm. They are evaluating and treating you to prepare you for it. And so, yeah, you can't have a belly full of food and water, except of course you also can, and they do emergency C-sections and it's fine. But anyway, it's really interesting because it's like the, the unspoken elephant in the room, but they'll never really say it. Yeah. It is what it is. It's why there's so much restriction. And see what I was thinking was, oh, they don't want to deal with the inconvenience of if you're pushing, you pee or you poop. So they're just, well, you would already be on a catheter. If you had gotten to that point, you know, they would have tortured you and broken you down until you had an epidural. And then you would have had a catheter, you know, that was, that was where your, where your urine goes. So you have an escape plan. It sounds like. Right. So yeah. Once, and she did harp on getting a nut, like an epidural she asked me twice after I already said in my birth plan that you so you wanted to know about but you're like like, you're like it's so nuts like in in some ways I really wish that women could see that you know hundreds of births in the system and see Mm -hmm. how it goes because it's almost like hard to believe that it could be this evil until you're really there but it's like in their minds, it's not a matter of if with the epi, it's a matter of when. Yeah. You know? And the I statistics are like less than one or 2% of women birth without it. Sad. So like, basically, yeah, I had a friend who was really trying, she was like, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. But they kept saying, do you want it? Do you want it now? You're going to need it. The exactly. anesthesiologist is going to be gone and you're not going to be able to get it. And it's just like, why? Like, she's saying no now you're creating that doubt in someone's mind as it mm-hmm. maybe I do That's need what it they want. it's gonna get worse I mean like it's it makes no sense it makes no sense and it's just like well it makes sense it's yeah. all about money <laughs> so it makes sense for them but it's well just, not just money but money and control and misogyny oh yeah. you know and like and like such a deeply rooted foundational savior complex mm-hmm. you know so like I know that there are lots of healthcare workers you know in obstetrics who really think they're doing good yes exactly they think like 
no, you need the epidural. It's going to help you. I'm doing this because I care. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, one, you're drugging the mother. So she, like, and my And the baby. So, yes. Oh, that's the main thing. And it's just like, my friend, she was so disheartened because she was just like, I don't even remember. Like, I was so drugged out. Like, I don't even remember, like, what it was like birthing Mm -hmm. the baby and, like, holding my baby. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, dude, how do you think that's remotely okay? Like, how disconnected are we from? Well, and you really have, you have to, on some deep level, believe that we're broken. Mm -hmm. You know, like you have to believe that we are, that women are so sick and incapable and stupid and broken that we require this much intervention and saving. And you, you can only do those things and believe it's for the greater good. If you believe that, which is absolutely nuts. Okay. Tell me about your escape. Yeah. So we finally, um, the physician finally is like, okay, I'm not going to be able to convince this woman. So she's (laughs) like, okay, yeah, we'll go get the paper. Oh my God. and we're waiting I'm putting my clothes on and I get dressed and my partner's like y'all I think they're stalling because they're mm-hmm. taking too long and he's like I think they're stalling I'm like no maybe they're just printing it out I'm like trying to give the benefit of, of the doubt and he's like no they're stalling I'm gonna go tell them to hurry up so he goes opens the door they're literally at the door just talking mm-hmm. just to, to one another with the paper in the hand and she just told me I'm in active labor. So it's not like we have just ample amount of time. So he's like, and she's like, oh yeah, here's your paper. And the head nurse for the night, she had a much better energy. And she was just like, yeah, I can't keep you here. If you want to go, you can go just sign this here. And I, I actually still have the paper. So we're going to get it framed in our daughter's room. And <laughs> we were like, yeah, we got to keep this. That's so beautiful. sign the paper. I get my copy and we go and then the rushes like I feel like as soon as she said yeah you're in active labor like it felt like active labor I was Mm -hmm. like in pain so we get to the car I had like a water bottle in the car I'm like I chug it and I'm like let's go (laughs) and we get back to the house and my rushes are really like close together so I'm trying to get out the car I have a rush like right in front of the garage so I'm like okay keep walking after that trying to get up to the stairs I have one right before the stairs so I'm like okay let me time this out perfectly Mm -hmm. so I get there go through the rush all right two hours later (laughs) (laughs) run up the stairs lock the door I get in the house as soon as I get in the house another one totally oh my god that happened to me too like literally I'm like oh my god I don't have any time so at this point I'm like bearing down on my boyfriend and I'm like oh my gosh like they are taking everything out of me so I'm like get into the living room I'm sitting back down on the couch and I'm just pushing and it well I'm not pushing but it's like I feel her pressure and when I look back on it I feel as if I was kind of I may have been like stopping it in a sense like I was kind of stopping her from coming out because my boyfriend was like shouldn't you be pushing and I was like I don't know I was like I thought my body would just like push her out and um 
I was feeling like some really heavy, like it was, it would be the rush, but there would be some like lingering of like pelvis pain, like as if she was like trying to come out and I was the one like restricting her. So I was like, oh, okay. So once he said that, it kind of made me be like, okay, maybe I needed to, maybe I really needed to like open up. Hmm. So, um, I remember going into that mind state and then that's when I started feeling nauseous and I was like I need a bucket like I'm gonna throw up and then that's when boom I puke and I'm like oh I have to pee I'm like pushing but I'm peeing and I was like oh my god I was like oh man I was like yeah I think I have to poop. I'm not pooping in the living room. He's like, if you have to poop, just poop. I'm like, I'm not pooping in the living room. So I'm like, I'm going to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom and I'm sitting there and I start to feel my, um, this, is it? Yeah, I start to feel the sack. So I didn't, uh, my water hadn't broke. So I was just like, okay, there it is. And it felt really weird. It was like latex, but hard. And I was like, what so the weird. heck? Yeah. I was like, whoa. So it was just like a little bubble. And it was kind of up to like the first line on my, on my index finger that like, I felt it. So I was like, okay, it's kind of, it's kind of getting there. So I'm sitting on the toilet and I'm just like pushing and I, he's like, do you want to get back in the, in the tub? So I'm like, okay, yeah, let me get back in the tub. But we had left the water in from the Mm -hmm. first time. So the water's all super cold and I have filled that thing up. So I had to wait for it to drain out. It took forever. It was taking like 10 minutes. I'm like, I need to get in that tub. So I was like, you know what? I'm getting in the tub. It was like half cold still. I just had on the super hot water. I was like, I'm getting in the tub. So I got in and I'm like, okay, I'm starting to feel it and I'm pushing and I'm telling myself throughout the time while I was uh, pushing I'm like okay my body is opening I'm flowing with my body I trust my body because I would notice when I did that I like the pain kind of like just left out of mm-hmm. me but when I would like grit and like hold clench my teeth and like really just I'm um, tighten up it Ooh. got extremely worse so I was like yeah I definitely just need to flow with this okay like it's coming and I swear as soon as I had got the water filled up like she was like okay time to come so I feel the pressure and the water had broke in the tub Mm -hmm. so I was like oh she's coming and I was like is she coming out of my butt I was like oh my god like it's coming I was like I don't want to uh what is it I don't know I had seen this photo one time and it was stuck in my head and I seen like a butthole flipped it inside out and I was like oh, I don't yeah. want that to happen oh, so yeah. I like pushed my butthole in <laughs> and I'm like no so I'm pushing and then she uh her head just like it didn't no it didn't pop out on the first one I feel her come down the canal and then I feel that ring of fire and I was oh my god that was something crazy I was like am I as soon as it happened, as I felt it, my eyes like bulged. And he's like, what? And he's there like, are no words. There is yeah. no, I couldn't no one can me. prepare you for that sensation. That I remember thing. being like, when it happened, it was like a marker of where I was like, no one could ever have prepared me for no, what Really? Because I was like, it burns. I was like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. So You know what's crazy though? 
Some women don't feel that. Yeah. That is the luckiest thing I've heard. It's wild. Right under orgasmic birth. That is the luckiest thing I've heard. Totally. Some women will be like, yeah, I didn't even notice the head come out. Like, oh, that was was the size of the head, the size of your vagina. That makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know. It's so interesting how different, but you noticed it. (laughs) Yeah, that name is very accurate. Yeah, exactly. As soon as he looks down, he's like, that's the head. And she had like a full head of hair. So he noticed and I was like, okay. And I knew that you got to go with the rushes if you don't want to tear. So I was like, yeah, fuck that. I'm pushing this baby out. As soon as I felt that ring of fire, I was like, yeah, she got to get out. I'm not waiting for the next one. So I just, I did push against my body. So I push, boom, head comes out and like her rest of her body, literally the next rush, she just out like Mm -hmm. nothing and people were like really the shoulders didn't do I was like no but now that I think about it it may have been that little bit of tear that gave me a little bit of give with the shoulders because I was like I didn't feel those shoulders girl but that's probably because the head kind of did all the work but yeah so she comes out and um she came underwater but I lifted her up and she just gave out um a little, a little cry, honestly, just like a little, and then I'm just like, okay, let me get all the fluid out of her, so I'm just like rubbing her back, and I have her like little tilted, and I get it all out, and she's just literally just chilling the whole time, and um, I get her, and I'm holding her, and it, it was a little, like, it was very bloody, the pool so I was like me I said the pool but the tub and I'm sitting there and I was just like okay now let's wait for the placenta and I was just I was super exhausted by then I was like I hadn't slept so I was just like oh my gosh I just want to get in the bed and go to sleep so I'm waiting for the placenta to come out my partner ends up getting in the in the tub with me and he's holding the baby as well so I was waiting for the placenta to get out and then it kind of came out already well while she had came like when she came out like there was a piece of it already out because hmm. the cord was pretty short so like it was like a little bit out already so I was like okay that's weird so I'm just giving it like a little tug so it can get ready to like uh come out and then it eventually just you know plops out and um it was very meaty I was like wow this is this is wild like it was so gorgeous I oh it's like crazier than the baby yeah I'm like (laughs) look at this thing like yeah you you like supplied my baby with everything she needed it was oh I love that thing but um so we get that all and we washed her off a little bit like just getting off like the blood mainly but I didn't want to wash her washer because I know that the vernix is pretty good for their skin. So I kept that on and um, I rinsed off a little bit. I feel like I, I feel like I did hemorrhage a little. I feel like I lost a lot of blood and I already was a little bit anemic. So I could feel that I was a little dizzy. Um, So I made sure I ate a little something and drank some water and then just laid down in bed and we lay down with the baby um I know that it's so crazy to me because I knew how important the golden hour was 
but I did not I didn't do it I don't know what I feel like like the exhaustion took over like my right mind what do you mean you didn't do it so you know the golden hour holding the baby getting that skin to skin the cord was so short so I initially didn't really hold her I was having her on my belly and then I'm the pool the pool the tub was so bloody I was just like I kind of don't want to be in here I Mm -hmm. just want to be in the bed and hold her so I was just like okay let me just rinse off and get the placenta out and I was thinking about the bed so much that I wasn't thinking about okay just get her on your skin get that milk supply going you know like everything that I had been learning and wanting to do this whole time just like went out the window I don't know where it went (laughs) so I was like darn I didn't get that golden hour that uh, like the prime time and I it came and bit me in the butt because my supply didn't come until like day three so I had to give her I had found a plant-based formula so I had gave her that because I'm vegan so I'm raising her as that as well so um I had to give her a plant-based formula and I was really struggling with my supply so it that led into postpartum you know like a lot of uh, a lot of problems into postpartum but after the birth we kept the placenta on her of course and we just literally just laid down in the bed and she fell asleep after she had ate a little something and yeah that was really I was really I think oh no we actually ate some of the placenta and to this day, my boyfriend's like, that cured my anemia. Like he used to be freezing cold everywhere. Couldn't, even in the summertime, couldn't get in the pool because he'd be like, no, it's too cold when I get out. I can't. Mm. Now he's like, dude, I'm hot. Like I can get in the pool now. Like I can Is he eat. vegan too? He's pescatarian. Uh-huh. He's pescatarian. Um, but yeah, he ate the placenta with me. He did it just raw. I added some honey on there. I wasn't doing it. Oh, honey. I've never heard of that. Really? Well, I feel like we got to get a couple things straight real quick. Okay. So you, you, you don't hemorrhage a little, that's not how, that's not what hemorrhage is. And so what you just described is definitely within the range of normal. And there's a distinction between bleeding And even feeling like you're bleeding a lot Mm -hmm. versus hemorrhage. Hemorrhage is when the body cannot regulate to the point that it, it's a combination of, of blood loss and how your body and your system deals with that blood loss. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women will think that they hemorrhaged because they got faint they got dizzy when they stood up. They even might have fainted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then of course there is some blood loss, but that really is quite a normal immediate postpartum response. And it's one of the reasons, okay. you know, that, that it's wise to not move right after the birth, you know, to not stand mm-hmm. up, to not be alone, to not so many medwives will, will move the woman from water to bed or whatever, very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then that will cause a dysregulation, you know, of the blood, blood and the response to the blood. 
anyway, so I'm just saying this because a, you know, I want to help you kind of add some information to how you process your story. Um, Bleeding and feeling a little bit faint is a very, very normal postpartum response. And we actually know that you didn't hemorrhage at all because then you were fine. Got it. Right. Right. Yeah. So you can just let that let that story go. Boom. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> at all. I did it like a pro. No, yeah. yeah. And, and you being a little faint and a little maybe shaky or even a little pale or a little out there, as long as that is, you know, temporary and recovering recoverable, then I would absolutely call that a very within the range of normal, you know, response. Mm-hmm. Um, Now, what's interesting about your story on that note is that if you had been with a medical midwife, she would have immediately gotten you out of the tub, pretty much guaranteed, and she would have um, done active management of the third stage. So she would have given you a shot of Pitocin and, uh, you know, and then tractioned the, the, the cord and gotten the placenta out, you know, manually very quickly and, and then kind of force of forcefully get you in bed and, and you know, depending on the midwife, get stuff going over there. So anyway, it's kind of interesting because if you had been with a medical midwife, it's actually possible that that would continue to be your story. Then the other thing I wanted to bring up was uh, your supply, your milk supply, um, it does come in on the third day. That's for everybody. Everybody gets their milk on the third day. So if there's trauma and a lot of interruption, it might happen later. And yes, of course, in some cases it doesn't happen at all, like with surgical births and a lot of trauma and and intervention, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I'm not saying anything is right or wrong about what you did, but, Mm -hmm. but I just wanted you to know, and anyone listening to this, cause I don't want someone to hear, oh shit, my milk didn't come in for three days. I need to go get formula. Cause that's not true. So I, I hear you making that connection between you have some story that you like messed up your first hour. Yeah. But I, and I know I wasn't there, but I just want to offer like, no, you didn't, Mm. you you didn't mess it up at all. Like you birthed your baby and then you were super tired and thinking about the bed while you were waiting for your placenta and figuring it out. And you were with your partner and you, of course you were tending to your baby. So I, I would, I would just offer like to also let that story go that you did perfect in your first hour and nothing about how your first hour went actually from what you just told me, I know I wasn't there, but none of it sounds disruptive. It sounds very normal. Lots of women are like, all right, (laughs) let's get this thing out and go to bed. You know, that's totally normal. Um, but I, I, I see you making that connection of, Oh, I must've done something in that first hour wrong because then it took a couple of days for my milk to come in. Yeah. And this is why it's so important for us to all talk and for women to share, because you just kind of made that up or that story was given to you because right. what's actually true, I would say is that you did everything beautiful and perfect. And most women's milk doesn't come in till the third day. Yeah. I, I, I'm very glad that you said that. Yeah. So I was beating myself up so bad. It sounds like it. Like it was very hard on me because I had always had this idea. I'm going to be able to breastfeed and, you know, I'm going to have that bond with my child. And then when I had to go to a bottle, it kind of, you know, took me back. I was like, 
this isn't like what I expected. And then I was going through a little bit of baby blues, it felt like. And I felt like I wasn't bonding with the baby. My luckily my partner was so involved and he, you know, he knew his role of like, I have to make sure you both are okay. So while I'm exhausted and while I'm going through these emotional times, he's picking up, you know, my slack of, okay, yeah, I can't, I can't be with the baby right now. And he's with her a hundred percent. So it was just like, and then that kind of also made it hard, like, oh my God, I'm not being a good mother and I'm not bonding with her. And I felt like I couldn't take care of her, like for a sense, for a moment, because I was like, you know, he's doing so well with her. Mm. And I feel like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So, mm-hmm. you know, well, he always then- made sure to reassure, like, no, you're figuring it out. I'm figuring it out too. Like be easy on yourself. It was just so hard, like to get out of my mind. Sure. You know, just like telling me all the things I don't need to hear, but I'm well, and I mean, Sasha, like give yourself some credit. Like you, you just rewrote so many generations of fucked up birth and Mm -hmm. disconnect and like of course our mothers did their best and their our grandmothers did their best but like I don't know your lineages stories but I'm assuming they're like most people's and like you come from a long line of free birthers (laughs) what'd you say I wish (laughs) my grandmother literally she was my grandmother which is my great grandma and then my Grammy, which is my gr- just grandma, she, they both were like, you need to go to the hospital. My right. grandmother called me stupid. Like, you're oh, yeah. stupid. Yeah. Why are you having a baby at home? And, you know, of course, I know she probably had some fear around it because her mother died in childbirth. So she kind of, you know, probably was very scared and just. Well, and did she you know, die or was she killed? You know, yeah, that's, that that's another. I don't know. We don't know. But like. That's another interesting layer. That's a possibility. Of, yeah, it's a it's a yeah. high possibility. Yeah. Gotta so, give yourself some credit because there's a couple things happening here. One one big thing is that you, like me, and and most women I know, are figuring this out largely on our own, mm-hmm. right? And so there's it it's like fumbly, yeah. You know, and and that you know, obviously, I'm sure you share this prayer with me like my hope is that when it's our daughter's turn we're these epic resources you know and there's so much rallying around our daughters that we kind of had to carve out and just figure out ourselves so you know part part of why I love your story is that in the midst of you rewriting and like claiming and and the tenacity that you have and going back home and just it's such a good story and there's pieces of it, just like with my story too, of like, fuck, we just didn't know. Mm-hmm. We just didn't know that our milk comes in on the third day or whatever my stuff was with my birth. You know, it's like, we only know what we know and, yeah. and it's a little fumbly. And, and this is why we have to speak because mm-hmm. someone will hear this podcast now and be like, my milk's going to come in on the third or fourth day. I don't need a trip. Yeah. You know? And see, and the thing is, I I knew that like, you know, I'm not going to have breast milk, breast milk on the first day, but like I, maybe it was, I didn't know how to get out the cholesterol, 
but it was just not coming. And Mm -hmm. I just felt like, oh my God, my baby has to eat. She's going to starve. What am I going to do? And there's already this pressure of like, okay, you said you could do a free birth. Mm -hmm. Don't let anything bad happen to that baby because everybody's going to say, that's why you should have been in the hospital. (sighs) So it's just like that added like, okay, I got to make sure I'm doing everything right. Pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't want anyone to be able to say, I told you stop. And oh, not saying God. that they would, but it'd be that, yeah. you know, elephant in the room of like, yeah. So how, how old is your daughter now? She is four months. I want to say she's 19 weeks. So yeah. <laughs> I love it. You're counting the weeks. Yeah, and I am. Like every Monday. What, what is breastfeeding like now? How is it? How is it for you now? It has been a journey. Oh my gosh. So it went from um, formula and, and breast milk once it came in, then, so that was, I guess they call that like combo feeding. So I was doing that. And then I went to exclusively pumping in the second month. And then from exclusively pumping, there would be times when I would be trying to get her to latch and she would just not mess with it like not trying to do it so I tried maybe like a nipple shield and no and oh that's pumping, so stressful yeah the pumping was oh my gosh I I just felt so defeated and I was just like there was many times when I was just like man is she just going to be on formula because like this pumping is not for me like yeah one it's just like it stops my whole day. Like I got to make sure, okay, every three hours. Well, I don't understand why you were pumping. I was pumping because she wasn't lashing, gotcha. but I wanted her to have breast milk. Of course. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it was like the nipple confusion. You didn't get a solid latch established in those first couple weeks. Mm-hmm. She was already getting formula. So it was all like weird. So you yes. were pumping to give her the milk. I got it. Yes. Yeah, so she was being, she was getting, uh, breast milk Mm -hmm. I would try to make sure she was only getting breast milk but there was times when she would have I would have to supplement because I didn't have enough because I wasn't establishing my milk supply either Mm -hmm. and now that I know it was like oh Sasha you really should have been on it because you could have had this ample supply but you were like one tired and you just I was kind of rebelling I want to say like I was like no I don't want to pump but I'm hurting myself Hmm. And I'm not necessarily hurting my baby, but I know that I want her to get breast milk. So and so trying I, to figure this out on your own. Yeah, it was. It's hard. It is like motherhood has been kicking my ass. So <laughs> four um, months in, you're yeah, four months yeah. in. <laughs> I got a whole life. I promise it'll get easier. <laughs> Dang it. So yeah, it was it was really hard, and I was oh, being man. really hard on myself. Like mm-hmm. okay, but it was also like when you're on social media and you see, oh my God, eight ounces of breast milk. And I'm like, okay, I only got two ounces out of both boobs. Like, what the heck am I supposed to do? Hmm. This is going to feed a baby. So I'm getting like, okay, maybe I just don't have enough. I'm trying to like find supplements, herbs, and all these things to like kind of boost it. But I don't feel like I was really on it as much as I was saying I wanted to be. I wasn't doing it. So, So what's it like now? Now... I had some random like thought in my head. I'm like half sleep, half awake, right? And I'm laying down with my baby because we co-sleep. So I'm laying with her and I'm like, 
one day you're just going to wake up and you're going to get her to latch. And I was like, hmm, wake up that morning. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to get her on it. She completely latches. Like, <laughs> and I was just like, hey, look. <laughs> yeah, she's on it. Oh and my God. She had, she had latched a couple times before, but she would never get back on it. So I was just mm. like, oh, like this is never ending. But ever, literally since that day, she's oh, just been matching. So we've been, we've been breastfeeding now. Go girl. And I'm just like, wow, what a blessing. Like oh, it was so crazy. Awesome. It was so crazy. So yeah, I'm really happy about that. I feel like she does be talking, talking to me. Like, I feel like that was her like, okay, I'm ready now. Mm-hmm. Like we can do it. Totally. that was that and that's beautiful it's been it's been really crazy I know that the bond now I feel between her and I is really like it's it's becoming exactly what I dreamt of Mm -hmm. and also Sasha it it took me like four months to start feeling it just so you know you know like I, I didn't realize I didn't realize how bonded I felt until I spent time away from her Mm-hmm. And then I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, exactly, and like weird, and like if she would just be on a walk with my husband or something, when she would come back, I would just like need to touch her, yes. and I was like, oh, okay, I guess okay, I, I do kinda, love her. I like her, I kind of like yeah. Her <laughs> so you know, I think like my my partner and I framed it as like because we didn't feel like instant love. Like, you know, you see those videos of women like crying and being like all this stuff. I was like, said that. Was me. Yeah. We literally were like, I thought I was going to cry. Yeah. We and didn't he's cry. Like, <laughs> I, like he cried when I, we found out we were pregnant uh-huh. and we were like, oh yeah, this is going to be emotional. Like we're going to be bawling. And we're just like, oh yeah, the baby. Yeah. You know, we were like, for the first eight weeks, we were like, we could give her back. Like, not like we didn't like her or something, but we were just kind of like, eh, eh, I don't know. It's not like that great. Like, <laughs> we, yeah, we were not that like whatever over the moon. I don't, I don't like, you know, it's kind of a weird time. Yeah. It's, it's like continuing. Lot, your yeah. hormones getting back to normal. Yeah. It's also it's strange, lot, you know, but so. we, we framed it as like, okay, maybe it's not about being in love but it's about falling in love and that like right. takes time and right. that's why the fourth trimester matters because you need to have that time to figure this out and to fall in love and to feel those triumphs and you know everything that you just described so right I remember that's- hearing your story and being like okay and this was before I had the baby so I was just like okay like I understand that that's a possibility too so when I did have experience that experience I was like okay I could be a little easy on myself because it's not it's not normal I would say to just be like oh yeah I just birthed this person and I'm super in love and I just like- I think it's normal for some people you know I think a lot of women have like a rush of euphoria and yeah. connection and love but that just I felt euphoric but not really about the baby <laughs> I, I was know, happy I it just it. took a while yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Just, it's just so different now it's just so unique you know it's all like it's such a spiritual experience and it just takes the time it takes and when we when we're like relying on Instagram posts and we don't have the village to normalize the wide range of what is normal, you know, it creates that distortion that then we kind of have to just figure out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, 
I've realized how like important a village is having a child now. And it's like, now I knew that I wanted to be a birth keeper, but now it's like, when I have my friends and they're giving birth, like my friend actually invited me to her birth because she was able to have two people. Oh, a hospital birth? Yeah, it was, well, it was um, a birth center, but Mm -hmm. potato, potato. So um, what's it called? So she invited me there because she was like, you know, I trust you to be there. Unfortunately, um, she had to have her baby. Um, There was, I believe it was preeclampsia and um, she had her baby. So I wasn't able to attend a birth yet, but it's in the works one day oh yeah one day I I'll, feel it I have you know some women who really do trust of me they're course. just not ready to have a baby yet totally. so I'm and like, with your, yeah with your story it's it's such a story of yeah just like badassery and what's possible and that is undoubtedly going to inspire the women in your community I'm just so proud of you and thank you for coming on here and and sharing it with everyone thank you for inviting me I feel so honored like I didn't, I literally said I wanted my story to be on one of these podcasts one day and then <laughs> what, here I am. So because you that, tagged me, you tagged me in your birth photo. I had, forgot. You, I like, why didn't I tag her? Yeah. And I go back and I'm like, I hope this doesn't seem weird now, but yeah, no, it caught my eye and I was like, oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you All so right, much. Friend. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much. I'm very honored to be here. And that's it for today, my sisters. Check out everything we do, including one-on-one and group coaching, learn about our private membership, in-person retreats, and more on freebirthsociety.com. Our online courses are on freebirthsocietycourses.com, including our flagship course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. Don't miss the Radical Birthkeeper School if you're ready to become the authentic midwife that women are searching for. Together we rise and the revolution starts inside each of us. I'll leave you with our Free Birth Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honoured. Eons upon light beams of survival withstanding the eradication of our power by design. I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me. My sisters will no longer birth in captivity. The picket line redefined from burning our wild women to paralysing us and drugging our babes. Strapped down in a clinical white bed, drying up the milk from our breasts. Keep your needles. My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your fear. We choose love. Everything with intention. Death, ascension. I will fly and bring her back from the start. Conscious.